Hey friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a counterterrorism professional turned career coach, speaker, and Forbes blogger, and I created the U-Turn Podcast because, let's face it, every now and again, we realize that we're living life on autopilot, and it's time to wake up and make that U-Turn in your life. So prepare to go deep with some of the most transformational people I know, here to help you grow and upgrade your mindset, whether it's in work or love. In the meantime, we've opened up access to three free e-courses on uturnpodcast.com. So head on over there if you want to land a new job you love, find your purpose, or launch your dream business. All of these courses are totally free. All you got to do is head on over to uturnpodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com. Now let's get started with this week's guest. So humans want the cookie, they don't want the consequence, but they're still gonna eat the cookie regardless of the consequence. Then they're gonna cry about the consequence, like how come I'm fatter than I wanna be, right? Like we just cycle and circle through, I wish it wasn't true, I wish it wasn't my fault, I don't wanna say anything, I don't wanna deal with myself. We self-lie, self-loathe, rinse and repeat. What's going on, U-Turn friends? I've got quite a joy for you today, and it's the fucking truth. I am bringing Lauren Zander onto the show. She's a celebrity life coach, public speaker, and co-founder and chairwoman of The Handle Group, which is an executive life coaching company based in New York, but she's helping people all over. She has an incredible uh, program called Inner You. There's there's so much I want to ask her about that. And in the meantime, I want to talk about seven different types of lies that we're all telling ourselves. And and she was talking about how on average we lie to ourselves eleven times a day, or to other people, I'm sure. So whether I butchered that statistic or not, we're about to bring Lauren on. Thank you so much, Lauren, for joining me on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, you, you really, I mean, lying is such a fun topic because, you know, I, I was reading research and it was saying that the most memorable human experience is not love, but awe and captivation. And I think there's something really captivating about helping people see where they're lying that they don't even realize. So what got you into the whole lie thing? Because God knows, like, it definitely drives me crazy to be around it. And it makes me want to cringe to think I'm doing it. Well, I was one of the most epic, talented liars ever. Mm -hmm. Like no one knew where I was, what I was doing, the truth about me. And I got away with everything Mm. because I was calculated, sinister, and capable at a very young age, all the way to somewhere around 1920 when I blew up my life because I realized, you know, I was sporty. I had boyfriends. I had my, everybody loved me. I had a charming personality, but I was beyond full of shit. (laughs) Right. And there was this moment when I realized that I couldn't feel people's love. I couldn't feel what I really wanted to say. Like I couldn't feel anything. Mm Mm-hmm. I was so manipulatable, manipulating, like the whole thing was all strategy and tactics. Mm. And, and I was wildly appreciated and loved, but I felt nothing. 
And then I associated, I finally made the connection that the way I lie, the way I'm fake, the way I say things for other people keeps me in a trap where not only do I not know what I really think or what I would say, I'm only speaking to cause a like them to, and then fill in the blank. Everything was a con. Mm. And so I, um, and the boyfriends and the love and the, like I literally blew up my entire life in, in, in about a three day period, I came clean on all of my lies and had pretty much nothing left except my parents still like loved me. Um, but other than that, I didn't have a, like I blew up my whole life and that, and, and if you go, how did you feel on the day you blew up your whole life? I felt present, alive, accountable, free, the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then my intuition, like everything from that moment forward made me who I am today. I love this. And I also know that a lot of people don't want to identify with lying just the other day. And so I don't know when our episode will air, probably in like the next six months from now, but the other day, so anybody listening, we're in the middle of coronavirus now recording this episode. And I was, I've been social distancing pretty well. And I slightly, like I broke it for mother's day and saw my family and we'd all been kind of quarantining, but it was starting to get muddy. Like certain family members just saw this person or just saw that person. And so I was kind of setting a boundary saying like, Hey, can we not like, please don't put your food, like your fork in my food or whatever. Like, let's keep this boundary somewhat, even if we're not social distancing that well today for mother's day. Mm. And it was so interesting because they're like, well, we've been quarantined fully. And I'm like, no, you know, well, we only saw this cousin and my hairdresser and I only had to do this thing, you know? And then the other one, yeah, we've been social distancing. Really? Well, I don't think we have. Well, no, I mean, only person I saw was this person. <laughs> and it, it was just like almost crazy making Lauren because I was like, because when people lie and you see it and, and when you're lying, it's crazy making, it's actually crazy making. And it was just like, um, I'm interested in the truth here. And, the, and, and, and if we don't look at the truth, there's a risk to our literal health. So I, I'm, I'm just kind of, I don't know, sharing how this has been woven into my week this week yeah. alone. Yeah. And, and I feel so much suffering when people are lying because you can't really move forward if you feel them lying to you and they're so convinced of the lie. Like, what do you think it is that keeps people so into like, not into lying, but no, no, so into lying. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Jerking it off every minute of the day. Right? Like <laughs> literally masturbating. It's really like, a New Yorker, Lauren. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's perverse. Mm. Um, so what happens is, is we have a lower self. Mm -hmm. And our lower self keeps us safe-ish. Right? Like gets the cookie, has another drink, doesn't get out of bed. We'll do it tomorrow right, um, is scared, uh, doesn't believe in yourself, does it like the lower self is a very busy voice, many voices in there, depending on like, the more you get to know yourself, the more you understand the, the variations of the voices of the lower self. And the work I do gets a person to really know themselves that way with a sense of humor, mm. because it's not going anywhere. Your love of a chocolate chip cookie isn't going anywhere. Your love yeah. of sleeping in late isn't going anywhere, except having a newborn and loving sleeping late creates a real problem, 
right? Yeah. So right in that moment, right in that rub is where the planet is like every human has been facing that moment down. Mm-hmm. And most people lie mm-hmm. because then they get to eat the cookie. Yeah. Whatever the cookie is. But you developed that when you were seven, when you were 17, when you were 24, right? And so the voice that has been running amok has never been really called out fully ever. And it runs an underground, really runs a a serious underground. And you know it's wrong. You know it's bad. But it just said, don't tell your mother she hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. It just said, don't tell your husband you didn't enjoy that. Don't tell your kid you didn't think it looked good, right? Or there was a spelling mistake, Mm -hmm. unless you're that. So we constantly negotiate who we are based on our history of lying, Mm -hmm. that we've never admitted our ways we lie to protect ourselves or others. So we constantly feel like lying is a virtue. Mm Mm-hmm. Like if I told you, you know, that line where like telling everyone I cheated or telling him I cheated or telling the wife I cheated with her husband, who does that help? Who does that hurt? It hurts everybody, right? It hurts, right? It hurts, right? Like, how is that a good thing? And I'm like, either you believe in the truth or you don't. Either that wife wants to know the truth or she doesn't. Like, I understand what you're saying, but do you understand what we're doing to progress? And do you understand how lying beats telling the truth? And do you understand when you're a liar, you're becoming the thing you lie about? You know, it's it's interesting because I feel like an asshole when I'm more committed to the truth, I think. That I am lying, but I, I would say that I have to be the statistic because I'm only human. But one of the things friends tell me is I'm really good at setting boundaries. Like I, I feel pretty neutral about it. I'm not afraid to be like, hey, please don't do that. Like I don't right. know. I just feel kind of comfortable with it. And a lot of friends will turn to me and say, Hey, can you help me figure out how to like basically say no to this person? And um and, but one thing I struggle with is somebody that I like to think is pretty good with not lying, which I mean, you can let me, we'll probably explore all sorts of areas that I'm lying to myself in that statement alone. Yeah. Um, but one area that I struggle with is I feel like an asshole pretty much like, like, like the moment I was talking about coronavirus and how we weren't social distancing on mother's day and we were all together and eating dinner around the table and somebody's fork went into my food. I feel like the asshole being like, Hey, no, you weren't social distancing. We're not right now, but let's not ask for it. Let's not put each other's forks in our food. Obviously it's a matter of tact and delivery, how you communicate with other people. But I think sometimes the truth isn't very pretty and the, and the the delivery can't really be wrapped in like sprinkles because it kind of sucks anyway to just have to say it. Do you hear how much drama you just added to all that? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's how fucked up the truth has become to liars. Like that's what a liar says about the truth. It hurts you. It's mean. It might take them down. It's brutal. Really? Mm. Really? Don't touch my plate. It's devastating. Yeah. But you know what? It's really not. It's a bunch of cowards who posture, who want to place, we have a nickname for that. Snice. Where a snake meets nice. Right. It's not really what you mean, but you're not allowed to say it honestly. So you're not allowed to be yourself. So you're like, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. 
right? Like you, like you can't even go, Hey, don't touch my food. Yeah. Well, but let's talk about this, Lauren. I mean, some people, like, for example, I have in-laws, like I'm marrying into a family and they're, um, it's a collective culture. So my, the person I'm going to marry, he is from the Middle East and it's very culturally entrenched to be nice, to not rock the boat. It's very quick to be seen as drama. If you say something or name something that is the fucking truth. And so I don't, I mean, I love my partner and I don't want to create unnecessary unrest because of my devotion to the truth. So I, I'm, what I'm finding with myself is how do I navigate creating positive relationships with a cultural backdrop of a norm that is not to tell the truth? Wait, 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 wait. Okay. I just told you all humans are liars. Yeah. Okay, cool. Either you're ending lying or you're ending your right to lie or you're not either mm -hmm. you're either you're straight or gay. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. In the, in this one, it's either it's, it's a black and white kind of question. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now let's say you vote end of lying. I'm not a liar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then you would have to go straight to that mother, that father, that brother and go, Hey, I'm really this kind of person. I do this. I do that. I would do this. I would do that. I would do this. I would do that. This is like my nature, my style. According to my very cute fiance, this is how it works in your culture, in your, would you like me to tell you what I really want or think, or would you like me to actually just follow the culture and honor the culture? Mm. Right. Like you would have to forge your own intimate, honest, loving relationship because no one asked you to be a liar. Mm -hmm. And if you really walk up to that person and go, should I always do X, Y, or Z? Or because I'm really a vegan, should I do JK or L? Lauren, I like want to argue with you on this podcast because I feel like you're so right. But at the same time, like you were like, okay, you're making this, all of this drama, like, look at all the things you said, but in my experience, like I've tested it out. And like, when I, when I say, Hey, this doesn't work for me and I say it nicely, it, it's, it's like not the same thing I'm saying, I'm not telling you, okay. I'm telling you to get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. Not when you're sitting down at the table and you're supposed to, you know, it reminds me of, I went to the Republic of Georgia mm -hmm. and they don't just overeat. They overeat and overdrink. <laughs> okay. They don't, right. Like there really is like lunchtime oh, shot, God. like shots at lunchtime. Oh my right? God. And if you were like, what would you do at lunchtime? If you had to, I would be like nothing. And then if you're like, if you had to, I was like, I'd take a hit, not a shot. Mm -hmm. Right. I would never take, I don't like drinking. Right. And so here I am and I am with the, I am with a huge organization at the top of the food chain where you do not tell the presidents, blah, 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 anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not me. So before the meal, before the time, before any moment, I come with honor and say, I'm this way. I like this. I don't do that. I don't do that. What, how could I honor you and not need to have five shots? Do you understand? And he yeah. was like, Oh, I'm, right. Like I got, 
loved, made fun of, and told that as long as I sip from each cup, one little sip, they'll just refill my cup. <laughs> that was it. Mm-hmm. Everyone, and I mean everyone, told me not to have that conversation with that person. Mm, that's so funny. You know, and I tend to go there, Lauren. Like, I totally resonate with what you're saying because, like, my friend Gina DeVee, she's like, you have no filter. Like, somebody's like, I don't know about this shirt. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about it either. Like, <laughs> you know, like... I think I might have gained a few pounds. I'm like, oh, maybe I can't totally tell, but it's possible. I, you don't look as, yes. I don't know. So I'm pretty much a straight shooter and everybody kind of knows, like, don't ask Ashley unless you want to actually yes. know. It's funny because on U-Turn podcast, I feel like sometimes I'm misunderstood as like being really flowery because I have a lot of feelings, but I have a lot of feelings. And I also have a lot, like, I want to say that's true for me, you yes. know? And please remember your very proper man mm-hmm. picked you to bring home. Oh yeah. And he loves it. He thinks it's okay, hilarious. That's, so then you're not supposed to turn into a, 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 you know, shave down your, your horn from your unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like put a hood on it, baby. Yeah. Right. Just like he shouldn't be less of who he is around your people. Yeah. So either you believe in telling the truth and change or you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't get to go, I do here, there, and other places, just not here or there because I don't want to feel authentic. I want to feel accommodating. Okay. But this gets me to another question about the truth in your perception, which is, the elephant in the room. Like, do you consider it lying if there's a legitimate elephant in the room of like, this is a really big thing that nobody's acknowledging, but it's here. And it's not like it needs to be brought up, but it's kind of like, okay, this is weird that we're not bringing up this obvious thing. That's kind of a part of your, I am, I want to be, um, and am most famous for never ever not caught like I'll find an elephant no one even knew was in the room I oh show everybody the elephant <laughs> and then make everybody talk about it so then at what point Lauren do people not come to you like as a woman and kind of give you that like negative vibe of like you're so abrasive or like rude shit that people yeah, I've long since cared great. I don't, yeah that's great. I I ready here ready you're not even gonna believe how sexy I think this is you know what I am what are you? I'm polarizing. <laughs> you literally sound like Voldemort as well just then. <laughs> right? Like, I am polarizing. Yeah. I am an extreme of something. Mm-hmm. I am a wild fucking truth teller. And I would, I would rather tell the truth and, and blow up my life mm-hmm. so than I feel- figure out how to accommodate one lie. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Like, like it'd be okay with me if my husband wasn't a, tra- you know, my husband and I've been together for 22 years. Right. And Bless it, his heart, Lauren, I love this man in advance. Oh, he's the best. Right. Yeah. So David's in, and we are still profoundly in love on our wedding day. If you go, what was one of our vows? We promised we believed in divorce. Wow. Like let's leave each other unless we're this in love. Wow. Love and, it. And we really are this in love because we're radical truth. Like we'll leave. Yeah. So, so 
I don't understand the person that gets attached and then manipulates anymore and then manages what they will and won't say to keep a strategy of a fake them and a fake narrative alive with the other person. It's exhausting. Well, it's this illusion that you know how the world is. You know how the world will react. You know how he'll react. You know how his mother will react. You, it's like the amount you endorsed yourself to being all-knowing rather than moment-to-moment present in life and really having an honest conversation and learning how to take care of each other, his mommy and you, and developing your own authentic relationship. Like the amount people would rather posture, pretend, manipulate, believe they already know, and conjure a false reality is what is killing society. Yes. And what you're sharing, Lauren, is like a way of life that like a certain percent of the population, a large percent, is probably just not down for because there's a courageousness that you're saying here of being like, I'm willing to blow up my life. I kind of am too. I've done it. I almost married the wrong guy, called off a wedding. Like I've created plenty of shit storms just because I believed something and it wasn't really working with the present moment, but I had to go with it. That being said, like, I find that it's such a slippery slope. Like, when do you decide when to quote unquote, and I don't know what you're going to do with this phrase, but pick your battles. Like, when do you decide like, eh, I don't really agree with this one, but I'm going to just kind of like give them a bone. I, for don't, I don't, I don't have that issue. <laughs> That's like, like, when do you see litter on the ground and not have to pick it up? Yeah. Right. It's like you either have a promise. And I really made a promise a long time ago that if I walk past litter, I could pick up. I need to throw out every piece of litter no matter where I am in the world. That's fucking amazing. Like I don't have permission. Okay. And so it's one of those, Mm -hmm. right? I don't have permission not to go to sleep. I don't have permission not to brush my teeth. I don't have permission not to have sex twice a week. I don't have permission not to exercise minimally four times a week. Okay. So now you're talking about standards and it seems like lying and honesty. And by the way, I'm getting a bit of feedback. I don't know if it's like, it's like a little squirt sound. Maybe it's like your hair. Oh, on your me. oh I think it's probably me touching. That's a good <laughs> I'm don't kidding. edit that out. My editor is going to hear that one. We, we can oh. leave that one. All right. um, okay. So I mean, I want to also understand for everybody listening, because I think these, I love, you know, I love a good box to put somebody in just because even though they're not, you know, disclaimer, they're not everything, they're helpful. Yeah. You talk about several, several different types of lies. And I know you have your book, um, It's You, which is a really great title. Can you talk about those seven different types of lies? Yes. Um, so maybe people listening could kind of think about like, ooh, I'm that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... First of all, according to science, really, like their studies have been shown to that every human being lies in one of these ways seven, 11 times a day. Like, and not one of these ways, like the, I invented the seven different ways we lie so people could get access to how they lie and make a real lie list. So if you go through my program, one of the ways you're going to set yourself free is you're going to realize that every place you're lying, you're trapped. Hmm. And even like what you did in high school, it doesn't matter if you're 45 now, the lies that you told your parents in high school that you never came clean about, they still keep you in a relationship to yourself, your history, your parents, 
and how you've always been. And you have no idea how much fun it is to throw the book out. Mm. And no one understands how much power they get and freedom they get to feel like they left a piece of themselves somewhere. And mm-hmm. it's literally like Pac-Man, you get to eat the thing, right? And you go, Wee! right? Like every truth you tell that sets your past free is like a, is like a hit and a half of power. And, mm. and you guys, you should hear how self-centered I really do sound. Like I tell the truth to be free for me. Mm. Right. And the more free I am, the more people do that with me and love me as I am. Right. And I, it doesn't mean I have to, I get to tell everyone once, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean I get to boss everybody around it with my truth. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't mean I have any power. You just, like you said, you won't lie. I won't lie. And I'm hired to tell the truth. So I love that shit. Okay. Here's the seven different ways we lie. <laughs> tell me. Here we go. <laughs> we'll start with easy ones that everybody does. White lies. Today's great. I'm having a great day. You just left a fight with your kid. Yeah. Okay. White lies. Like no one should know. It's nobody's business. It's not a big deal. Right. When you're late, right. You're like, oh my God, traffic was terrible. They didn't even ask you why you, right. Like, like you didn't even owe it, but you make up something rather than go, I left my house late. You go, traffic was murder. Yeah. Totally. Did you get my email? Oh, I have. Fuck yes, you did. Right? Like, so all the little teeny white ones, you're doing all day long. Hmm. Okay? Like, little ones. Little ones. Right? Okay. So let me interrupt. Sorry, I, yeah. I can't help myself. Yeah. I I feel like I have a client right now who, who is a huge consulting project for me. Uh-huh. And they were late on their first invoice. It was a 45-day window for them to get the invoice. And on day 46, they got it to me. But it was like the whole time my bookkeeper was like, where is this? Because it was a massive consulting project, like a noticeable amount of funds coming into my account. And they were, she's like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? This is the second invoice, like the other half of the project due. And they're blaming coronavirus. They're like, oh, oh no. You know, and I, I emailed them on day 42. Hey, just making sure there's no confusion like last time, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if I was being brutally honest, I'd be like, hey, I, I don't have a lot of faith in your guys' ability to deliver an invoice. So this kind of goes back to my question of being an asshole versus just telling the truth with kindness. So I have a lot of okay, questions. Let me pause you. Let me pause you yeah. right there. Okay. Yeah. Can you tell that when it was on day 46, you really wanted to call on day 34? Yeah. I was okay, just great. Like- okay. There is a, an appropriateness that you think you had to adhere to rather than if you have a question, you can call anybody and talk to them. If you have a, if you have a witchy feeling that someone's having, like that they play games with invoices, all you have to write, like that you don't trust your instinct or that your truth doesn't come first. That's an example. If you didn't notice and nobody cared till day 46 and then on day 46, it showed up and you're like, yay, right? Then you wouldn't have had the witchy experience that this could happen again. So you never got resolved. And you don't trust yourself. And then you're double right on your suspicion. And then I have three words that I always check on what a human's doing. Ready? 
Mm-hmm. You're either manifesting, manifestering, or manafucking with yourself. Mm. Right? Manifesting is you believe it's all turning out. It doesn't mean you don't have to make a call or do something to make it work or find out you're right or wrong, but you believe it and you're not scared and you're creating your reality and you believe you're creating a great one. Manifestering is like, maybe they can't afford it. Maybe my work, like, oh, I was great. They're going to pay it, right? So it would, manifestering has like two days great, one day shitty. Mm -hmm. And then you're like a little tortured, Mm -hmm. right? Manifucking is, I knew it. (laughs) Mm. So you're always a closed system interacting with reality, creating reality. Mm-hmm. So when I go, maybe it's you, whatever is matching you in the world, like it matches you, it mirrors back at you, your money, your sex, your health, your love, the amount of friends you have, right? The world is mirroring the inside out. What's mm-hmm. on the outside, all I need to do is hear about what's going on on the outside. I could tell you what you're saying to yourself on the inside. All I need to do is know what you have on the outside, and I can tell you what you're saying on the inside. Mm. Both reflect each other completely. Mm. So if you believe you can work from your home, if you believe you deserve plenty of money, if you believe, like, what you believe you're causing, you're mm-hmm. having. And so if you take away the, but the world, but, but, but she, but like, you're right. Like, no, you have a fear about clients. No, you have a fear about big projects. No, you had a fear about her money. No, you didn't get any of that resolved. You didn't have a real conversation. You didn't put in your boundaries. Do, 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 boundaries. boundaries. Okay. So I know that people, um, don't and really what have- you really need to do is you need to pick up the phone and really connect. Go yeah. Ahead right? And go, well, what are you going to do? How do you want to do this? What are you going to do about it? Right? The day Corona hit, really hit, and everyone was sequestered home. I made Mm -hmm. all of my coaches call all of their clients and get them in or out, like reboot. Like you want out because you can't afford this. You want to put it on hold because you can't afford this, or you want to go on to Zoom for our thing, right? Like, and let me know because we're going to either put you on the books or take you off the books. And we don't want to pretend that we'll know better in six more weeks and three more. Like we're not into the fantasy land or into brutal truth. Yeah. Love that. Okay. And let's say that there's a truth teller like you in a room full of people who, you know, like I was talking to you about my partner's culture and there's just not a lot of boundaries and the way that communication can happen. Um, you know, I think with many different cultures, like I think about my best friend, uh, Nicole, she's Persian. And one thing that she's done in her culture as a therapist is she's created a group that people can come to, to learn how to tell the truth about love, about family, about what they actually want. There's a lot of disempowered women in the Persian Jewish culture she's finding. So let's say that you are a truth teller, like my best friend, Nick, in a culture that is generally, and we can't totally generalize, but generally, um, doesn't encourage it. And there's a lot of different communication tools, like guilting people, like, um, convincing people, like invalidating people. If somebody says that, you know, I I need to go home and do this and they say, no, you don't. Um, 
you're, like, still, you're still so there's a premise that you have that I don't have. Oh, tell me. So first of all, I was raised by Orthodox Jewish parents. No wonder you set yourself free, sister. Okay, ortho ask me if I married a Jewish man. Did you? No. <laughs> well, I'm Jewish, half half Jew. I mean, it depends on if you want to round up or round down, but um, I have some context to that sort okay. of culture. So I love fiercely. I'm not giving up my relationships. Oh, you're doing your little touchy crinkle thing. Oh, so, oh watch out. It's my switch. Uh, you're right. Um, so I had to tell my Orthodox Jewish parents, because I chose not to be a liar anymore, how many people I fucked in their bed. Oh my gosh, you are in high school. <laughs> okay. So, and how much drugs I did. And like, I came clean with them about like, I want you to love the real me. And I want to love the real you guys. And I don't want to have a fake relationship. And I am not going to be someone you wish I was. I'm going to be me. Mm. do you want to know me? Do you want to hear, like, I want to come clean. I did not just dump my lies on my parents. I said, can I tell you all the lies so that I don't have any lies between us anymore? And guess what? My dad, my Orthodox Jewish daddy said, yes, you can tell me everything. And I'm like, am I going to get in trouble for it? And he goes, I really don't know, kiddo. And I was like, well, let me just tell you anything. Like, if you're not willing, so why people never tell the truth is they want to manipulate no consequence. Mm. My little girl, do, do you understand the first time I figured out we all are born liars, like born liars, like there is no born clean slaters, right? We're born liars. Okay. My little pussycat, my first, my firstborn Kaya, right? She uh, stole a cookie right? Had a cookie, right? She was two years old, sitting on a chair, right? Eating a cookie, ate the cookie. I come into the room. She was not supposed to have a cookie. You understand, right? There was no cookie, right? I don't even know how she got the cookie. Where'd she get the cookie from? But that little genius figured out how to get a cookie and get it all over her face. So I look at Kaya and I'm like, honey, what have you been doing? Nothing, right? Honey, did you eat a cookie? And she's like, no, right? Because they don't know they left evidence, right? Mm -hmm. they can't. And I walk her to the mirror, right? Watch this. This gets even more genius. I walk her to the mirror and I show her the cookie in her face. And what does a child do when she gets caught? Mm, she cries. No, cries hysterically like I'm torturing her. This is where the original gaslighting came from. Oh my God. <laughs> the original gaslight, right? Like burn the person who caught you. Oh my God, you're so good. I can only imagine what kind okay. of parent. And then, and then, and literally I was like, Kaya, you don't have to cry. You ate a cookie. It's okay. I'm not mad at you. Did you eat a cookie? I ate a cookie. Right. Where'd you get the cookie? Let's go follow your trip. Right. Like, like to teach my children, they didn't need to lie. Yeah. Yeah. That was like starting when they finally started lying. Cause they could at three. Yeah. Right. Like, Cause they, right. So humans want the cookie. They don't want the consequence, but they're still going to eat the cookie regardless of the consequence. Then they're going to cry about the consequence. Like how come my 
I'm fatter than I want to be, right? Like we never, we just cycle and circle through. I wish it wasn't true. I wish it wasn't my fault. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to deal my, with myself. We self lie, self loathe, rinse and repeat. Mm. Okay. You want me to keep going through those with the lie list? Yeah, totally. I can literally just leave this whole conversation with you and just go into five different directions because this is really an interesting topic for me. Okay, so lie number one you said is like light white lies, like white I'm lies. fine, but the date actually is a problem, kind of a thing. Yeah, well, it's social grease. It's just oh, you look great. Oh, I'm having a great day. It's the lightest ones all the way to I'm sorry, I'm late. Right, yeah. all that shit, which is oh, I didn't see your email. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Okay. So it's like that one. Okay. So now we go to, I'll do the next one is the, like the biggest one we know of that no one admits to omissions. Mm, the elephant in the room or right? no. Well, no, omissions are like, did you have fun last night? Yeah. No, you, oh yeah, it was great. Oh, I got all my work done. You didn't like you didn't tell, like, I had a fight with my boss. I had that, like, omissions are things that the person would want, would have wanted to know or thought you would have told mm -hmm. or think they have, they're entitled to know, right? Like, any of that stuff. But you go, it's a secret. It's not my place. I shouldn't have to tell. I don't want to push it. I don't, it's right. Like all forms of it's not my place or it's not my business, even though you know the business and you're in the business up to your eyeballs, you're like, what? It's not right. Right. So you omit information. You omit that you're upset. You omit that you wish he would throw you a birthday party. You omit anything. You omit, you wish you got a raise. You omit, right? So we do so much omitting of our truth or having those difficult conversations, or we say, I don't, I'm bad at confrontation. That's one of people's favorite sentences to go, I'm a liar. When you hear someone go, I'm not good at confronting things. I'm not a confronter. That's really another way to say, I'm really a liar and hiding things and, and really not going to talk about it because I don't know how, but really I don't want to make a mess, which telling the truth does. Hey U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Job Offer Academy, our e-course to help you land a new job you love. So if you're sick of applying for jobs and never hearing back, and you'd like to try a free version of our job hunting course, just head on over to U-TurnPodcast.com slash job offer. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash job offer. Now let's get back to this week's episode. And I mean, what are, what are your thoughts like with omissions? Like, I think in the workplace, there's a level of like not professionalism when you just kind of like, I don't know, share that you got in a fight with your partner in the middle of your client call who's asking how you're doing. So how do you navigate being professional and also not falling into the trap of constantly lying? I don't believe in professionalism, probably. Mm. I get everyone, I think... So I go into corporations and I truly get hired to change a culture in a company, mm -hmm. the whole company. And what I do is I stop having them not be whole lives. 
the gay guy with his lover, his like I stop people hiding their personal lives and their professional lives and their true life mm-hmm. and their true character and their true history. Like I think that's insane. I really do. I think that people can't truly be themselves like under the guise of professional, which is another word for fake in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. Like I take all that down and I really have been for all of my career. And it's really not true because people are dying to know each other, love each other. And when you really make a team, the team's in on it, Mm. right? And to love each other is to, like the amount of time people spend together and don't know each other is embarrassing to me. Mm. Right. So in my company, truly everyone knows everyone's shit. Like everyone knows, cause I break, everyone knows everyone's dreams. You, I have, I have full-time big position employees who have complete art careers where they're painters and we are posting their art. Like, I don't think there's any lying necessary or that there isn't a way to have everyone's full lives. Like we know when a kid had to go to rehab, we know the kid has bulimia. We know the kid, right. We know the husband, you know, and her aren't having good sex anymore. We know, like, I don't think any of that isn't so it's how you relate to it, which creates like an emotionally, which is really interesting, Lauren, because I feel like if somebody's listening to you right now, you're fearless with the lot with, with, you don't want to lie. And for some people who are afraid of that, that's going to feel abrasive. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side of it, it's like, there's an emotional safety to being around you because the truth is that you want the truth. And I and- never, and I never get anyone in trouble for the truth. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a moral like, I don't care if you want to have sex with, with three lovers and be married. Yeah. Like I am not judgmental on your lifestyle of choices. You want to have a drink for breakfast? As long as you're not lying about it, like, yeah. have a brandy, go, go, what the fuck? Right. Yeah. Like I, it's the lying that does, that kills the self. So then tell me, like, we talk about omission. So, you know, there's the first lie you mentioned, which is like social graces. The second one is omissions. I mean, what about like with family, like somebody did something that's really unacceptable to you and you want to talk to them about it, but you're not. And so you just kind of go on with the relationship. Like, do you think there is a huge loss in not saying, Hey, this is the thing that you did that isn't working for me that you don't know? Or where's the responsibility? Do you think of somebody sharing? I I think that I think that, well, first of all, I think that family, like that, not your cousins, though you're welcome to love your cousins, okay? But I think siblings and parents are are God's lessons to you. Like you came in with those people, you will, in my book, in my little weird book of how I think of spirituality, I think you've been traveling with these people forever. Right. And I, I honestly, right. So today you're the mommy next life. You'll be the daddy, right? Like you better fix these relationships, puppies. This is the only place we all get to come together as a team. So if you, if you marry your fiance and you guys make a baby, right. Then you have to get, you've been connected to that whole family, that whole culture, right? Like you're, you're like, you're doing time with, with these narratives, Mm-hmm. And if the narrative includes Muslim, 
right? So it's like, rather than going, what am I here for? Why is this happening to me? Go, oh, this is this lifetime. I got to get, you know, I'm a woman. I'm dating a Muslim, right? Like, oh, goody, 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 right? <laughs> like I get these problems to yeah. solve in the world, right? Versus these problems to perpetuate or avoid or hide and lie about, right? So the whole concept your family is God's given, like, you need to fix all of that is my belief, right? So I would make you develop a relationship with all of his family deeply, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I, and, and I don't care if it's a 10-year plan, mm -hmm. right? So the first year, and you have to understand, I, I have unraveled and worked with all cultures by this point. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I spent 10 years working at MIT. And if you go MIT, you should hear not one American. Okay. Everybody. Right. You go, where are they from? I'm like Asian culture, Indian culture. <laughs> right. Like, oh yeah. Right. It's, I covered lots of, you know, set up marriages, lying sexual backgrounds, like the creepy, like there is no culture that isn't creepy guys. Okay. Mm -hmm. There isn't one. There isn't the clean one out there. Lie, and if you go, what's the source of all the problems in all cultures? It comes down to one root, the ability to lie mm. and hide things and hide the hurt and not talk about it and not address it, not leave, not do the, right. It's all connected to lying. Mm -hmm. Woohoo. All right. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I could list the rest of the types of lies because I feel yeah. guilty that I've only said two. Okay. Yeah, go. To go with omissions, right? I had to make another category that is just hysterical. You'll just appreciate this. Mm -hmm. Taking it to the grave. Mm -hmm. So not only do you have omissions and that's its own special category, but there are things that humans are taking to the grave. Like they're, they made out with their cousin. They, right? like they, they had, you know, Q-tips up little girls' butts, right? Like things that you weren't allowed to do when you were seven, things you mm -hmm. were so like ashamed of, but um, every human's done them in there some form or another. So there's all the lies we're taking to the grave. Mm -hmm. My mother had the funniest one that, so we went around the table. So we now, you can imagine my family is now very liberated, but we went around the table ready for what my mother did to my father for her, their entire marriage. They're in their eighties now. Ready? So funny. She, my father's kosher. You understand? That means no dairy and meat mixed together. Guess what my mother admitted she was planning on taking to the grave. Hmm. She never didn't use butter when the recipe called for butter. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> she was like i believed in food tasting good above kosher <laughs> that's amazing she would have margarine in the fridge so my father believed she always cooked with margarine she even cooked chicken kiev <laughs> wow i love her and no wonder he thought it tasted so amazing. She was the greatest kosher cook. Anyway, hysterical. But he, he didn't even get mad. He thought that was hysterical. And again, she had no idea that would be his real response. Mm -hmm. And the whole family's howls, right, to this day, right? So, okay, so there's, then there really is, so now I'm going to go back. Now there's outright lies. Okay, talk about this one. Outright lies are, I went to the movies and really you stayed home. 
I wanted, like, like, oh, I didn't want to go to the party. You weren't invited, right? Like real outright lie. Like you told something that wasn't, oh, I sent it in the email last night. You didn't get it. Let me find out what my assistant did. Mm -hmm. Right. So posturing and lying outright and you know mm -hmm. it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then there is misrepresenting. Oh my God. I love that book. Now, can you tell that it sounded like I read the whole book? Yeah, no. And it just, it, I might not even own it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I saw that on a coffee table six years ago. I didn't say that. I just said, oh my God, I love that book. Mm -hmm. And you think I read it. So I, so humans misrepresent the truth, but you can't trail me on it. No one asks. Mm -hmm. And it's like a type of social grease, but really it's so you look good or seem cooler than you are, or you understand like people do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, I love coffee. And you're like, not really. I drink it twice a week. Right. Even like, because someone loves coffee. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's, it, there, so that leads into exaggerating. And so there's misrepresenting, exaggerating and under exaggerating. Oh yeah. I got a bonus. Oh, my business isn't doing too bad right now. Like, I wouldn't want to tell everybody my business is rocking right now because that would be offensive. Would you say exaggerating and under-exaggerating are the same type of lie or are they different types of lies? Different types mm -hmm. for different reasons. Like, I don't want you to get jealous of me or I don't want you to copy me or I don't want you to even think about it. I'm, mm -hmm. It's still a form of managing and control. Mm, okay. Right. Okay. So there's exagger, And then some people just like to make stories sound better, like embellishing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Except it really literally makes the party you were at a lie. Like you can't go, it was pretty good. I had a good time. I met one new person. You have to go, yeah. oh my God, it was amazing. There were so many cool people. Mm -hmm. And then it, it really wasn't. Yeah. But you're okay. really like saying it to so the other person thinks you're cooler than you are. Like it, it, it's creating a persona of yourself. And then that's how everybody feels like they're imposters, right? The imposter syndrome is not an accident. You play something on TV mm -hmm. and then to thy own self, you're not true. Mm -hmm. Even if you just said the food was better than it was. Do you know how many people lie to waiters? Mm. Oh, it was great. Are you sure you didn't eat it all? No, I wasn't that hungry. No, it was fucking dry. And yeah, I don't want totally. to tell you because I don't send food back because you'll spit on my food, right? Like, and then people just get nutty and in their heads mm -hmm. and lie to the waiter after they spent 40 bucks. Are you kidding? Okay. So you have number one is social grace. Like I'm fine. It's a good day when maybe you weren't number two is omissions. Like just not saying something, maybe you have a team meeting and you're just like, Oh yeah, day's amazing. But you just had like a shit show in your house. Number three is an outright lie, which everybody knows. No, you forgot going to the grave. Don't forget going to the grave. Okay. Going to the grave. So these are all seven then. Um, number three is going to the grave. And then four is an outright lie. Um, and number five is misrepresenting. Number six is exaggerating. And number seven is under exaggerating. So I know that I have a lot of note takers on this show. And so this is going to be huge. What I really want to ask you about all of this is let's say somebody's listening to you right now, Lauren, and they're like, 
I really resonate with this and I want to bring the truth into my life. Um, how do you recommend somebody approach that conversation? Because for example, my book U-Turns coming out in January, 2021, and it's been, um, it's a career book. I love the book. I think it's a really good book. I'm really proud of it. And it's, I use my own life, my own lessons to share career advice. And as I'm doing this, my mom and my dad read it and they were really activated by reading about how like my mindset about money came from my dad losing all of his money. Um, and they're feeling very private. They're feeling very personal about it. And I'm just like completely wired differently for me. I'm like, Oh, I feel, I feel none of that. And there's this whole dynamic we're in right now of, you know, even, you know, I get that you want to share your story, but your story has a part of our story and we are very private. And how do I, and so sometimes I kind of wake up and think to myself, Lauren, and I think a lot of people listening to this are going to resonate with this idea where I'm like, I just want to have a conversation and be like, I'm committed to the truth. Like, till death do I part with it. And if you have a problem with it, that's for you. And then at the same time, you're talking about healing family relationships. And it's like this so far has not been a healing experience for them of me basically saying, I want to share what I want to share. Okay. So talk to me, let's do this. Okay. So do you think my father is okay with me not marrying a Jewish man? Hmm. You think he's gotten cool with that yet? You think if I could get David to convert or go back and not marry him and my dad could have the secret button, <laughs> he would push the fucking button. He would. He would disappear, my three cute kids even, mm. and, and be like, ah, she'll figure it out. She'll get other ones. It'll be okay. Right? That's how much my dad believes in what he believes in. Now, mm -hmm. I respect his belief. I really do respect him. I believe in him. I love him. That's why he should be true to himself. So how do you keep the relationship intact? Because you the don't, truth of the you don't, you don't. The, the I love you, I'm sorry you're going to have to forgive me for this because I am this way. Like, what do I need to do so you forgive me? Mm. Like, go straight for I need to be forgiven. I, well, I, in my, my case with my parents, they'd be like, well, what you need to do is delete the, this section of your life. You're going to have to figure out something else. Mm -hmm. Now, just so you know, I had the exact same fight with my parents, my dad. My I'm parents, in therapy with my mom over a chapter of my book okay. when really there's nothing in there that I possibly see as actually ready? that problem. Ready? I told on my father's cheating. My yeah. that Orthodox Jewish daddy cheated on that mommy. Yeah. Okay. Great. And they're all like all their friends don't know. Right. So if yeah, any, if anybody reads example. if anybody reads the book, they're gonna know the truth. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can imagine that my cute Orthodox parents were not thrilled about any of this coming out. And I said the exact same case as you. This happened to me. You don't own my life story and you can't edit my life story. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to do that, you shouldn't have had children. Yes. So they, they gave up that power when they had children mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and you're very sorry that they wish they had that power and they never will.
They don't have the power to tell you not to fuck people. They don't have the power to tell you not to buy things. They don't have the power to tell you which doctors to go to. They are missing an incredible amount of control over your life. Mm-hmm. Well, but you, it, it's still, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And like the truth of the matter so far is like, I could lose some family relationships if I share some of the things that I want to share in there. I'm open to it because I'm devoted to like, you just have to get ahead of it. You just have to get ahead. Like, are you going to be able to forgive me? I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. Are you you going to be able to do that? The thing you do, the thing you're going to like, get ahead, tell everyone, go lose the relationship to their face. People will be back. Right. Mm -hmm. I I apologize for years after the book comes out, like people fighting with you now is so you take it out of the book. The book came out, the world survived. Now it's a year. Now it's two years. I know. It's like, no offense, mom, but nobody really cares. it's, It's she's doing what she, you know, remember the reason my daughter cried at the mirror? Yeah. What was so that I didn't really notice she lied about the cookie. Mm hmm. Your mom's trying to get the chapter out of the book. Yeah, totally. And she's gaslighting you. Yes. She's gaslighting herself. I don't think she even sees how much she's You're creating. Just, just hang out in therapy and keep talking about it. Really? Because part of me is like, I'm sick of talking to you about this. You've already talked. She does keep talking. It's adorable. She'll get over. She, the truth is, when's your book come out? 2021. Uh, January 2021. But I'm in edits now. This is, it's happening now. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. She just, she still thinks she has a, go get your galley handled. When it's in galley form, it'll be over. Yeah. It's, yeah. You, you ha- if you haven't hit send, she's still negotiating like a terrorist. Well, but how do I say to her, I'm not negotiable. Like, this is my life and I'm sorry that you do this. And how can no, you forget? No, no, you just go, mommy, I'm so devastated because I don't know if you're going to ever be able, like what, you go straight to the end. So when, when my father, when I got, I was marrying David. And I got, he was, I was never going to ask him to convert because if I really wanted a Jew, I'd have married one. Yeah. Right. And I really didn't give a shit. And I needed to own that. I didn't give a shit. Like, oh my God, I don't, I want to, but I really don't. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I sat my parents down and I was like, I can understand if you don't want to go to the wedding. I can understand if you're never going to, if you're not going to love my kids as much as you love Marnie's kids. Right. Like I understand that I am doing this to myself by being true to myself. And I'm, I just want to know if you're ever going to be able to forgive me or love my kids as much or, and it was hysterical because my dad got crazy mad at me. How dare you think I won't love you as much as I love the other children. Right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like it, it reversed. It really reversed. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he's still disappointed in me. Really. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, and I still love him for being disappointed in me. Okay. This is like, you're just such a force. I, it's so funny. I have a lot of um, interviews today and some of them, I kind of get bored if I'm being candid. And then, <laughs> and I feel like all of you U-turners listening, you can tell when I'm into it. And I just get fired up about this you know, because it's oh. I love. Oh, go ahead. Talk to me. I think you, well, you, you know, you're allowed to, we're allowed to, like, if we partner up a little, I can coach you. That would be a fun time. I think you should go through a few sessions with me and, (laughs) and we would, and I would, 
you would, you and I were going you. off in my family's homes. I'm going to come out of your office and be like, boom, get over my book. Boom. <laughs> I don't know what you think. No, I promise my, we're, the other thing that happens is you need a much higher dream state. Like your family's in a current reality dream versus a much bigger dream of what you're doing in the world. Does that make sense? Like when you're, when you're at, when you're, when the leader's altitude is the right altitude, then what you say, you know, when you're just dating, you're like, let's say you want to have a family, right? Mm Mm-hmm but you're just dating. You don't even know if this guy, right. You would have every conversation would be like, are you really the right person for me? Because I'm having a family. Yeah. Right. So there, there's a dream for your family that you don't have Mm -hmm. that isn't talking right now to them Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. don't see it. It's, it's, it, you have to actually create it like a mission and a much higher purpose. You're not, you're not high up enough on this. So then you're doing day to day and it, it inspires lying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Where can everybody find you? Can you talk a little bit about your program? Cause I know your team had mentioned it and it sounded like something that people would love. Okay. So for the, for, I want everyone to know I am, I'm a lucky person because I have been developing for the last seven years a digital course that you can listen to, that you can meet a buddy, you can come to Zoom classes, you can, like I've been creating a virtual school with my content that I developed at Stanford Business School and MIT, okay? And I've been, and it's the second full run of it. So I have Inner You Life, where it's the basics of my whole program for life. I have Inner You Love, which is a comprehensive way to find the love of your life and know how to have communications and understand your love history. And I have Inner You Career, Inner You Business, where you really deal with your dreams about your career and your life Mm. in your career. So I have all those three things are so I could literally die tomorrow and no one would really have to miss me. Oh my gosh, that's an amazing way to create a course. <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on the show. I can't wait for this to air. I'm going to have to push it up and get it out sooner because it just feels like a moment. Yes, I, I imagine people would have plenty of people sitting around the house they have to deal with Lilas with. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, totally. now. right now. <laughs> thanks again. All right. Hey there, it's Ash here, and I am just reflecting on this episode with Lauren. I found her to be a really powerful presence, and I love people who are no bullshit like that. I get really inspired by them, and it's funny because I know that they can be very polarizing. People can get really triggered by them. People can get really activated by them, but to me, I find them very freeing, and their their presence and their willingness to be so free with themselves, I think, ignites a little bit of freedom in me, and... One of the things that I've been working on a lot is my mother wound and uh, what the mother wound really is, is from our upbringing, there's different dynamics that get put in place with our mothers. And if we're not aware of them, sometimes they influence the way that we operate in our day-to-day life. You know, like whether you're a son or a daughter, you know, there could be a level of competition that happened or... Um, disappointment and heartbreak that happened with your mom. And as you grow up and you start to kind of rely on yourself for a lot of things your mom used to give you, and, and of course there's a father wound and I'm just not as focused on that right now, but there's certain things your mom 
may have given you that you start to give yourself, or there's things that she couldn't give you that you start to give yourself. And in that process, you sometimes will grieve or be disappointed in who your mom is or was, or you might start to notice that as you grow up and you form this sense of self, especially when you're very authentic and really true to who you are, it might not match up with your family of origin or especially your mom, your primary attachment figure. And when you go through that and you feel that disconnect on the phone, it can create a lot of discomfort and sadness and grief. And in my case, I think writing my book has been such a journey of self-expression and self-honesty and commitment to sharing what I have to share. And as you heard in this episode with Lauren, it's bringing up a lot for my mom. And she's a very private person. And I'm not, obviously. <laughs> I don't really see the point of it. I don't really care. You know, I don't, I don't think too much about what people know about me versus what they don't because I don't feel like I have much to hide. And so, you know, it, it's been really interesting for me to step into so much truth in my book and notice how much that's brought up for her and having to face how authentic I'm being, how much I'm sharing, and the lack of privacy that she feels from that. And it's interesting because if I bought into my mother wound, I would tend to that and I would tiptoe around her fear and I wouldn't share what I have to say versus I'm I'm having conversations with her about her facing her discomfort, her working through that and accepting me as I am. Because like Lauren said, the moment you have kids, you choose not to have control because there's completely separate sovereign beings off doing who they want to be in the world. So my question for you is, how do you feel about your mom? I know that we all love our moms. I totally love mine. She's like, you know, Christian woman of God. Like, you know, I'm not the most religious, but she's like doing community service, mentoring girls through the Boys and Girls Club. Like she's just a really amazing woman. She's very generous. And um, she's always had a really good ear to listen to me and um, pick up the phone and, and want to make time for me. So it's interesting because no matter how great our parents are, we still leave with some sort of unmet need or as we express ourselves and branch off, we end up becoming more of who we actually are and not who we were conditioned to be if we let ourselves. And that can create unrest and friction and tension and discomfort and grief of like, man, I wish I could be this way so that everybody could just be comfortable with me. And, and I'm not. And I think that's where this idea of being a black sheep comes in is that the black sheep usually is the one who the family just never kind of accommodate, like decided to accept as they actually are. And um, I think we're, we're all like rainbow sheep, you know, like different colors. And, you know, if you're fitting in, sometimes I get curious, like, are you suppressing something in yourself, you know, and, and why? And I think that when we choose to be who we are, we choose to really be authentic. Like in my case, writing my book, saying what I have to say, it forces the other people around us who are uncomfortable by that to face it or not hang out with us. Um, and if they face it, they heal and they realize they too can be authentic. And if they don't, then they don't want to be around us and they kind of conveniently fall away. Not that it isn't to say it, it hurts to lose people or we can reassign them, you know, like some people with your mother wound, what you'll find is that there's certain healing that you need to do. There's certain level of authenticity you need to embrace. And with that grief, if you're not accommodating other people and with that reassigning them in your life, figuring out where to put them in a different way. And um, like my friend Gina DeVee, who wrote this awesome book called Audacity to be Queen, uh, like Gina said, you know, sometimes when you've done everything you can on the, in the physical world, you can kind of um, 
put the situation in the elevator up, spiritually speaking. So maybe that's to God, if that's what you believe in, maybe that's to, you know, spirit or whatever you believe in. Maybe you don't believe in anything. But for me, um, when it comes to certain wounds, I do everything I can in the physical world to navigate them. And then sometimes I finally just say to myself, all right, I'm going to put this in the elevator up and hand it off to God or to spirit and, and let him handle this. And um, it's been a painful an important journey for me to embrace who I am and not feel embarrassed by any of it. And I hope that you decide to embark on the same one, no matter how uncomfortable it makes people, because that's real freedom. And that's what I want for you. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. We keep really detailed show notes at U-TurnPodcast.com. So if our guest mentioned a book or a resource that you're interested in, you'll be able to find that there. In the meantime, if you were inspired by this episode, if it made an impact in your life, we would be so grateful if you subscribed and posted a review for us on iTunes. Rumor has it on the street, the more reviews we get, the more subscribes we get, the more we can grow and get our impact out there in the world. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you at Ashley Stahl on Instagram. I'm so grateful for connecting and I look forward to next week's episode. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's going to push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.